are back. Amy, how are you? Fine. How are you? Hanging in there. That's what we got to do. Doing good. Because you know what? God has blessed us with a beautiful day. Yes, he has. Amen. Nice and sunny and warm. 80 today. Oh, Mm -hmm. 80. Supposed to be 80. Oh, hang in there. Oh, my. I know. Yeah, the dog's resting over there. Yeah, she's done. She's done. Of course, people back east are like, isn't that lovely? It's 40 here. I know. I'm sorry, back (laughs) easters. Yes. (laughs) But we do, we do, uh, we hope you are taking care of yourselves, your loved ones, and just staying safe. Yes. And during this time, yes. That's right. Now, for the first time, it was very weird looking and going over Exodus. First of all, being in Exodus, because we've been in Genesis for a while. Yes. And chapter one, I was like, chapter one, what? Oh, I know. But we're there. We're there. And it's wonderful. Yes. So we are going to be talking about Exodus chapters one through five. And I know you are going to start us off in prayer. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Lord, I know you are with me and love me. Give me peace of mind as I prepare for this time of study. Help me to focus on my books and notes. Keep me from all distractions so that I will make the best use of this time that is available to me. Give me insight that I might understand what I am studying and help me to remember it when it comes time. Above all, I thank you for the ability to be able to study and for the many gifts and talents that you have given me. Help me always to use them in such a way that they honor you and do justice to myself. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to do a general overview of Exodus, the second book of the Bible. Now, Moses is the author. Yep. Moses wrote it for the people of Israel. And its purpose was to record the events of Israel's deliverance from Egypt and its development as a nation. It was written, listen to when it was written, 1450 through 1410 BC. That is amazing. Sheesh. Gosh. Oh, so over 40 years it was written. And uh, in the wilderness during Israel's wanderings, and we're going to be reading about how the the Israel people were were wandering through the desert. Um, Now, 400 years have passed since Joseph moved his family to Egypt. And it was what, like 70 some odd people, wasn't it? Uh, Yeah, in the 70s. Um, The descendants of Abraham have now grown to over 2 million And Egypt's new pharaoh, who had no loyalty to the Hebrews. Exodus relates more miracles than any other Old Testament book. I I know. Isn't that neat? Yes. And is noted for containing the Ten Commandments. Uh, Whereas Genesis records God's promise that Abraham would become a great nation, Exodus describes the fulfillment of that promise. So what we were reading about in Genesis is going to start to come together in this book. Yes. And then real quick, a recap of what we read in chapters 46 through 50 of Genesis. 
Joseph's entire family had traveled to Egypt to join him, including his father Jacob, and then he died at 147 years old. Joseph died at 110 years old, and he had told his brothers that God would come and lead them out of Egypt and take them to the land he promised to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, is there anything else you would like no, I think you covered it so well. Oh, my goodness. I really do. I think you did really good. That There is a new pharaoh, like you said, mm -hmm. that has no loyalty to the, his family, and he has he just is afraid of what they will become. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have nothing. You just got it all covered. <laughs> <laughs> well, and especially for, you know, because the pharaohs were very much like, we're in power, you're not. Right. So I, you can only imagine, oh. you know, he, he saw the numbers rising and he's like, oh boy. Yeah. Something this, needs to be done. Right. Absolutely. All right. So let's get going with chapter one of Exodus. Now, Joseph, uh, as we just said, Joseph and his entire family have died, but the Israelite people have had grown to very large numbers and this intimidated the pharaoh, so they put the, the slave masters over them to oppress them with, with hard labor. And in the notes, it said that, uh, you know, the pharaoh was afraid the Israelites were becoming so numerous they would organize and threaten his kingdom. Which they, they probably could have. They could have, but that wasn't their, they didn't even have that thought. No, no, no. So he made them slaves and oppressed them to kill their spirit and stop their growth. Slavery was an ancient practice used by almost all nations. Although Israel was not a conquered nation, the people were foreigners and thus lacked the rights of native Egyptians. Did you have any notes on that section? On chapter one? Yeah, I mean, we're not done with chapter one, but right. did you have any other notes um, on there? Just um, to remember that um, Hebrews, the Israelites were Hebrew, of course, and they only worshipped God, one God, and the Egyptians worshipped many. Mm-hmm. Joseph brought his family to Egypt to protect them there. Mm -hmm. um, but after his death and as they multiplied, they were forced into slavery, like you said, mm -hmm. and brutalized by the Egyptian leaders. No, that's all I have. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now, also in the notes, uh, it said, when we are burdened or mistreated, we may feel defeated, but our burdens can make us stronger and develop qualities in us that will prepare us for the future. Be true to God in the hard times because even the worst situations can make us better people. Yes. And I noticed it's a lot of preparation. Yeah. God's putting you in these situations to prepare you for what's coming up. Right. And that's pretty amazing. It is. I think even, you know, we could all look at points in our lives and it's like, oh, yeah, I was kind of... Get, they, God was getting us ready for, for this part in yes. our life. For the fulfillment of Genesis. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it stated, like when you recap Genesis. Yes, I know it. Something. Now, the Pharaoh, this was, this is horrible. The Pharaoh told the Hebrew midwives right after delivery oh. to kill the child if it's a boy, but let the girls live. Yep. And for those that don't know, the mid midwives, even nowadays, midwives uh, help with birth. Yeah. They come in and help with a woman giving birth. But the midwives, um, they, you know, they feared God. 
and they they didn't do it. No, they didn't do it. And when the pharaoh, uh, you know, when the pharaoh asked them, like, why aren't you listening to me? They had just said, well, they're just giving birth before we get there. Yes. So then in Exodus chapter one, verse 22, it says, then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. So now it's not just killing them at birth. You, you throw them into the Nile. Yeah. When you see them, just throw them in there. Yeah. In the notes, it said, against Pharaoh's orders, the midwives spared the Hebrew babies. Their faith in God gave them the courage to take a stand for what they knew was right. Did God bless the Hebrew midwives for lying to Pharaoh? God blessed them not because they lied, but because they saved the lives of innocent children. This doesn't mean that a lie was necessarily the best way to answer Pharaoh. The midwives were blessed, however, for not violating the higher law of God that forbids the senseless slaughter of innocent lives. Yes. They knew. They knew. I mean, they knew there was, that's just wrong. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Now, that's all I had for chapter one. I, I have some. Please, where, yeah. Um, God doesn't expect us to obey those in authority when they ask us to disobey him or his word. The Bible's filled with examples of those who are willing to sacrifice their very lives in order to obey God or save others. Esther and Mordecai, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are some people who took a bold stand for what is right. Whole nations can be caught up in immorality, slavery, prison, cruelty. Thus, following the majority or the ruling authority is not always right. Whenever we are ordered to disobey God's word, we must obey God rather than any human authority. Mm. And that's the truth. That's, I'm sure everyone's been in a position where that Holy Spirit talks to you and it's like, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's hard to go against everybody, but that's our duty to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, that was real good. I have. Um, yeah, Go that, ahead. No, that was it. That's it in chapter one. Okay. I just thought that was so good because sometimes we see stuff in here and um, we question it, and that's true. He wouldn't ask you to disobey him. To okay, so moving on to chapter two. Now, uh, a Levite woman had given birth to a son and she hid him for three months because you know she was scared of yes. what was going on when she couldn't hide him anymore she put him in a basket along the bank of the nile river and the child's sister kind of watched to see what would happen to him yeah and you know that child is moses and it's in the notes it said moses mother knew how wrong it would be to destroy her child, but there was little she could do to change Pharaoh's new law. Her only alternative was to hide the child. God used her courageous act to place her son in the house of Pharaoh. Do you sometimes feel surrounded by evil and frustrated by how little you can do about it? When faced with evil, look for ways to act against it, then trust God to use your effort, however small it seems, in his war against evil. Now, the the Pharaoh's daughter, yes, and reading this, all I can see is the Ten Commandments. I know. <laughs> I know. Seriously, like, in the, my mind is playing yes. the movie. Uh, you know, she goes to bathe by the Nile, and she sees the basket. Yep. And she knew it was a Hebrew baby. 
Um, but the Moses sister, she saw what was going on. And um, she asked if she could get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the child. So she, she went and got her mother. Yes. And uh, the Pharaoh's daughter paid her to, to nurse the child. And, um, you know, when he became a little bit older, bring him back. And and, she, and the Pharaoh's daughter named him Moses. Yes. Um, did you have any notes that you wanted to talk about? Um, on on just 2.5 up to 2.10, mm-hmm. um, I have... Um, she, uh, that daughter apparently couldn't have children. Oh, she couldn't. Right. Okay. Um, so her husband, Thutmose, Thut- had a son by another woman. Oh. And his son became heir to the throne. Hasipoth would have considered Moses a gift from the gods because now she had her own son who would be the legal heir to the throne. Oh, okay. So the son that he had had, so I just wanted to put that in. I just thought... That was a good good thing. And then um, special opportunities may come our way unexpectedly. Do not let the fear of what might happen cause you to miss the opportunity. Be alert for the opportunities God gives you and take full advantage of them. I know my, my father used to always tell me on the other side of fear is happiness, is wonderfulness, glory. Like if you can get past a fearful thing like, the other side of it is just wonderful. God may put you somewhere where, you know, it's like such an uncomfortable situation. If he ever asked me to go overseas, I would be like, listen, you got the wrong person. <laughs> You've got the wrong person. <laughs> you know what person. I mean, though? Like, I would do it because I know that on the other side of that would be such, I would be blessed so much. And I could bless other people, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to share that. Yeah. What that, but that's such a great example. If I mean, really think about it. Like that's what you're afraid to do, but you never know what amazing things could come from going overseas, right. overcoming the fear. You just don't. It, it's it is, and you know, so many people live in fear right now with what's going on, mm. and us as Christians, okay. If someone says, I'm, I'm afraid, okay, well, what are you afraid of? 90% of the people would probably say, I'm afraid I'm going to die of this. Mm. Well, if you die, that means you're not on earth. That means you're in the glory of God. Mm-hmm. What better place could you be in? Yeah. And, you know, most people fear death because they think it's the end. Mm. It's not the end. This was the first journey, step in a journey. That we are going to live in a new world of eternity with Christ and God. Mm-hmm. We're just going on to the next step. The next living place with God. Mm-hmm. Where there's going to be no pain, no agony. So if you can think of it that way, it takes the fear out of it. Yeah. And the last thing he will conquer when he comes again is death. Mm-hmm. That's the last sin he's going to, you know. So God's in control. Yeah. Yes, and if you, he knows what's in your heart. If you can't say the words, just say Jesus. Just, you know my heart. You don't even have to say them with your mouth. Mm-hmm. He knows our heart. He knows what's in your mind. He knows, you know, he, you don't have to verbally say it out loud. Mm-hmm. That's hard for some people, I think. It, it's just having that, that trust. 
You know, just waking up and kind of saying, God, I, I, I know you're in charge. I know there's stuff going on in the world. There's always stuff going on in yes. the world. But, oh, yeah. you know, this is just in the forefront right now. Remaining to have that faith. I think that's important. That's a good way to say it, friend. Like you wake up every day with that attitude. That's wonderful. Because then you're you're giving your day to him. Yeah. Like you're waking up and saying, okay, here's my day. Yeah. Like a package. Yeah. And you're letting him control your day. That's what exactly what we're called to do. Also in the notes, I had God used Moses' mother, courageous act of saving and hiding her baby, to begin his plan to rescue his people from Egypt. God doesn't need much from us to accomplish his plan for our lives. Focusing on our human predicament may paralyze us because the situation may appear humanly impossible. But concentrating on God and his power will help us see the way out. Right now you may feel unable to see through your troubles. Focus instead on God and trust him for the way out. That is all he needs to begin his work in you. Oh, yes. That's it. That's That says it all, yeah. Yeah. Okay, now, moving on in chapter two, Moses is now grown up, which I thought was interesting. We didn't learn any more no. about Moses growing up. Now no. he's just grown. Yeah. Kind of, it's a little similar to what we learned about Jesus. Like, yes. It's like Jesus was born. Now he's grown. Boop. Boop. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we know he's he's was grown up in affluence around Egyptian royalty. And he had witnessed a, a Hebrew slave being beaten by an Egyptian. And Moses looked around to see if anyone was watching. And he killed yeah. the abuser and hit him in the sand. Oh. And uh, the next day... Moses saw two Hebrews fighting and, you know, and he had questioned them, you know, like, why are you fighting each other? And in Exodus chapter two, verse 14, uh, the man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought what I did must have become known. Um, and Pharaoh tried to kill Moses after hearing this. Yeah. But he escaped uh, to a town called Midian, and there Moses married a, a woman named Zipporah, and then they had a son. Uh, meanwhile, the Israelites cried out for help because they were they were still slaves. Yeah. So now Moses has left Egypt. Yes. Now, did you have any notes for that section? I don't. No. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. Ex in Exodus chapter two, verses twenty-four and twenty-five, God heard their groaning. And he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Now it said Moses tried to make sure, in the notes, it said Moses tried to make sure no one was watching before he killed the Egyptian. But as it turned out, someone did see and Moses had to flee the country. Sometimes we mistakenly think we can get away with doing wrong if no one sees or catches us. Sooner or later, however, doing wrong will catch up with us as it did with Moses. Even if we are not caught in this life, we will still have to face God and his evaluation of our actions. Yeah. And it never would leave your mind. Mm -mm. I mean, think about, like, I think about something I did as a little kid and it never left my mind. I had to tell my father because it's like, I can't live like this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It just won't leave your mind. Yeah, yeah, it sticks with you. Yes. Um, did you have any notes for that section? Um, no, not up to that, no. 
okay, so also in the notes it said, To escape punishment for killing the Egyptian, Moses ran away to Midian. He became a stranger in a strange land, separated from his home and family. It took many years after this incident for Moses to be ready to serve God, but he trusted God instead of fearing the king of Egypt. So even then he he feared God because he didn't grow up with with that. Wouldn't he have grown up with the Egyptian culture? He, he did, but he knew those were his people. Okay. Because in um, Exodus 2... Um, 213 mm-hmm. where it says the next day when Moses went out to visit his people again oh, okay so he he knew of it because he grew up so he did live his life like that but he knew they were his people that's a wonderful point yeah. I don't know that just slipped right by yeah so he knew that they were his people and that was his culture yeah that's who he was yeah okay thank you thank yeah. you for that uh, we may feel abandoned or isolated because of something. We- oh, did I just read that? No. No. But though we feel afraid and separated, we should not give up. Moses didn't. He trusted God to deliver him no matter how dark his past or bleak his future. Wonderful to remember. Oh, yes. We've we've all been in those situations yes. where you just don't know how you're going to get out. No. But if you have faith, you know, you'll be okay. Did you have any other notes for chapter 2? I did on 223-25. Okay. God doesn't always come the moment we want it. God had promised to bring the Hebrew slaves out of Egypt. The people had waited a long time for that promise to be kept. But God rescued them when he knew the right time had come. God knows the best time to act. When you feel that God has forgotten you in your troubles, remember that God has a time schedule we can't see. Mm. I, that's true. And you know, if he would do it in our time, it'd be a mess. <laughs> so just God, just do it in your time. If this is your will in your time, let it be done. Cause if, could you imagine if he just listened to us, this, it would be the disaster. The entire world would just oh, be up in flames if yeah. we wanted everything in our time. I mean, yeah, we, it wouldn't be good. <laughs> yeah. That's all I had though. Yes. Okay. Now, chapter three. Now, I I love, uh, I was telling you earlier, like, so far in Exodus, I just, I love it. But chapter three oh. is is so great. Yes. Even if you are not familiar with the Bible, you know of this story. Yeah. Okay, so chapter three. So Moses was tending a flock of sheep, and he came to, uh, he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Which is also known as Mount Sinai. Right. Yep. Exodus chapter 3 verse 2. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. And God called Moses' name from within the bush. That must have been amazing. Gosh. Now I did. I see Ten Commandment movie. Oh, yeah. Can't you? This whole this whole <laughs> section, all I see is Charlton Heston. Yeah. Oh, forget yep. it. Uh, and then in Exodus chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. 
Um, God was concerned about the Israelites in Egypt who were slaves and crying out. And God told Moses he was sending him there to speak to the Pharaoh and get the Israelites out. Yep. Um, did you have any notes for, for that section? Um, I had that um, he asked Moses to remove the sandals because it was a holy place, but taking your shoes off was a, an act of reverence conveying your own unworthiness before mm. god mm. and you know him hiding his face shows that he did have some kind of knowledge of god because they know that if they looked at god they would perish because mm. it was such a magnificent you know yeah so um in the notes it said what a contrast between moses's life as an egyptian prince and his life as a medianite shepherd what a humbling experience this must have been for Moses, but God was preparing him for leadership. Living the life of a shepherd and nomad, Moses learned about the ways of the people he would be leading and also about life in the desert. Moses couldn't appreciate this lesson, but God was getting him ready to free Israel from Pharaoh's grasp. And then, um, you know, they talked about the burning bush. Mm -hmm. And we had, we had kind of seen that before where... People in the Bible experienced God, but not like invisible in a, in a, what was it? A theophany? Right. Okay. So when Abraham saw the smoking fire pot and the blazing torch. Yep. And then also when Jacob wrestled with a man. Yes. Those were two examples that the notes brought up. I was like, oh yeah, that's yes. right. Okay. So regarding Exodus chapter three, verse 10. Which says, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And Moses had made excuses because he felt inadequate for the job God asked him to do. But God wasn't asking Moses to work alone. He offered other resources to help God himself, his brother Aaron, and the ability to do miracles, which we're going to get to in a sec. God often calls us to tasks that seem too difficult, but he doesn't ask us to do them alone. He offers us his resources. We should not hide behind our inadequacies, as Moses did, but look beyond ourselves to the great resources available. Then we can allow God to use our unique contributions. And I think that's personally, that's why I really appreciate the story of Moses, because he just felt like, oh my goodness, how am I going to do this? I, mm -hmm. I don't speak well. What? There's no way I can do this. And God just kept giving him that love yes. and that encouragement. And like, I'm going to be here. Your brother who speaks, you know, better than you, he'll, he'll speak for you. It's okay. Yeah. And I just, I love it. Yeah. He just gave him every resource, you know, kept just saying, it's going to be all right. Just yeah. that encouragement. Yes. I know it. I just thought that was great. That's all I had for chapter three. What did you have anything else for chapter three? Um, on three twenty-two, mm -hmm. where they're talking, find it. God was telling him what was going to happen. He said, um, "Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign woman in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these." Stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. Mm. And I just wanted to say what happened to those things. The jewelry and clothing were not merely borrowed. 
They were asked for and easily acquired. The Egyptians were so glad to see the Israelites go that they sent them out with gifts. These items were used later in the building in building the tabernacle. The promise of being able to strip the Egyptians of their wealth seemed impossible to Moses at this time. Mm. Like he probably thought, oh, there's no way. Yes. These people aren't going to let us. They're going to kindly hand it over. Sure. There's okay. no way. Yeah. But they did. And then that was put in that tabernacle. Like you think about the things that, that were inlaid or dipped in gold oh, and, yeah. and if you've ever like we were talking about the king tut stuff that was like 24 karat remember how deep that gold was yes yes i wonder if that was 24 karat or solid or I, I have no idea i mean who knows i don't know so i just that's what i think i is funny how our mind goes to what we know or mm-hmm. we've seen so i just thought that was interesting a little history of it yes so, and we're going to get to that part. Oh, that I'm part. Sorry. No, no, okay. no, no, no. I mean, like in further oh, in okay. upcoming chapters, right. that's coming up. Yes. Yes. Okay. So then on to chapter four, Moses was concerned. He was very concerned that no one's going to believe him because, you know, God wanted him to go and talk to the Israelite, the elders. And, and so, but God, once again, he was putting him at ease. You know, he's like, all right, here's, here's three ways. You tell them, you know, yeah. tell them what I said, and then you show them these ways. So the staff, because Moses had his staff, and he was able, you know, God, let, he turned it into a snake. Right. Once again, all I see is the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. Now, this part wasn't, I don't remember this, where his hand, he put his hand in his pocket, and then he took his hand out, and it was leprosy. leprosy. Yeah, leprosy on I it. I don't remember that either. Yeah. In the movie, but hey, it was just a movie. <laughs> I'm like, come on. I know. We got to go by the Bible. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I do not remember that. Oh, I remember that snake, though. Yes. Yes. Charlton deceived us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the, yeah. So his hand turned into leprosy and then pouring the, the Nile water on the ground and it turned into blood. Yeah. So God was like, you know, do those three things and they'll, they'll believe you in Exodus chapter 4 verses 10 through 12. Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, oh, Lord, please send someone else to do it. It's just, it's very relatable. It sure is. You know, every time I would think of Moses, just before I started reading the Bible, it's like, oh, he was a very strong man. And you start reading, it's like, he was just like one of us. Yes, he was. Yes. Like, I think about the Lord and thinking I would stop. I'd be like. But, but you know what? He knew God knew his thoughts and everything. So I would stop. But then in my head, I'd be saying, I cannot go. And then probably God would say, what'd you say? You know. What'd you say? Yeah. Or you know what I mean? Like he knew. Don't sass. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh. I have a note on that. Please. Um, Yeah. It says, it is easy. It is easy for us to focus on our weaknesses. But if God asks us to do something, then 
He will help us get the job done. If the job involves some of our weak areas, then we can trust that he will provide words, strength, courage, and ability where needed. Mm. So I, we just got to go with that. Moses' reluctance and fear were caused by over-anticipation. He was worried about how the people might respond to him. We often build up events in our minds and then panic over what might go wrong. God does not ask us to go where he has not provided the means to help. Go where he leads, trusting him to supply courage, confidence, and resources at the right moment. Oh, yes. I mean, I think we are all guilty of just playing that record in our minds. Oh, oh my gosh. What's going to happen? I mean, this and this and this and this. And usually none of that happens. None of it happens. Uh, so, yeah, Moses started to head out of to Egypt with his wife and his family and, and his staff. Yep. That's such a powerful thing, you know, that he he had the staff. Yep. Okay. So then we get into the, the circumcision story where Moses had not circumcised his, his older son. uh, God was going to kill Moses because of this. Cause he wasn't, he wasn't going to let him proceed. Right. Until this happened. Uh, so his wife, Zipporah, performed the performed the procedure with a with a flint knife. She the wife wasn't too happy, I think, no. with the procedure. No, she didn't want to do it. She didn't want to do it. And I think she felt it was a little barbaric. Yep. She wasn't happy about doing that. And I don't blame her. Her no. husband should have done it. Yeah. Um, and. In the notes, it tells us the reason he probably didn't do it is because we have to remember he lived half of his life in the in the palace, mm-hmm. so it probably wasn't on his mind. Why yeah. he his mother didn't do it because his mother nursed him and had him until he was older. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. We didn't work on that. You know, I just I don't understand that, but. She was upset. Do you think, this is sassy, I'll admit it's sassy. Yeah. Do you think at some point Zipporah was like, why is this on me? Right. I'm sure. You Let's know go, Moses. Thought. Yeah, come on. Because she threw the foreskin at his feet and said whatever she said. Wasn't it something about a bridegroom, bloody something? Yeah, now you are a bri- bridegroom of blood to me. Mm. Yeah. So, you know. That might have been a tense situation. Yeah, it probably was. But it was done. And they were they were able to proceed because because the circumcision was performed. Yeah, it said it says on here, um Zipporah had to perform the circumcision herself to save both her husband and her son. This would have made her not ha- not made her happy. Hence, her unfaltering comment, unflattering comment to Moses. Mm. There you go. Do we know how old the son was? No. But I know it says that um, he was being held by Moses. Mm. But, you know, you could hold a 13-year-old, to be honest. Oh, goodness. I mean, if you had to. Right, right. Mm. So, who knows? Yeah. Um, And then God had told... Moses's brother Aaron to meet to meet Moses at the Mount Horeb, which is also Mount Sinai, the yes. mountain of God, 
And then Moses shared everything with Aaron, you know, everything that, that God told him. And then they traveled the 200 miles to Egypt. Yep. I wonder how long that took. Probably a while. 200 miles. What's 200 miles from here? That's past the coast. Oh, that would take a while on foot. It's past, yeah. Hmm. And we'll hope that Zipporah got in a better mood. We know she was probably bitter for a few days. Maybe a hundred miles. At least... (laughs) (laughs) At least a hundred (laughs) miles! When a hundred miles are over, maybe I'll be happy then. I'm going to be a little less mad at you. Yeah. But I'm still not pleased. Right. You know she told her friends. (laughs) What friends did Zippera have? Yeah, who knows? Who is she traveling with? Or the sisters when she got back or whatever. She held on to it that long. She did. Who knows? No, she didn't. They wouldn't. She was a good girl. (laughs) When they got to Egypt, she was just trying to find someone to listen to what happened. Yeah. I'm still not over it. No. It's been 200 miles, and we have been traveling for I don't know how long, and I'm still mad. Can you believe this? <laughs> oh. I am not kidding. That I wonder. Don't you wonder if they ever got upset? There, that's just human nature. Yeah. They had, there had to have been a there level. There had to be. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> oh. um, so yes, they did make it. Yes, they all made it to to Egypt, and um, Moses and Aaron spoke to the Israelite leaders, and and they were they believed them. They bowed down and worshipped, and and it was good. Now, did you have anything else for chapter four? No, not a thing. Okay. Now on to chapter five. After they met with the Israelite leaders, they go and meet with the Pharaoh. And in Exodus chapter 5, verse 1, Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the desert. And this didn't make any sense to the Pharaoh. You know, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so he told the people that were in charge of the slaves to take away their straw to make the bricks. Yeah. Because they were providing the straw. And he was like, no, make them go out and get the straw on their own. Yeah. Keep the quota the same, but now they have to go out and get it. Ridiculous. And it, you know, just to make them work harder. Yeah. Now, did you have any notes for that section? Just that um, Pharaoh wouldn't listen to Moses and Aaron because he didn't know or respect God. People who don't know God may not listen to his word or his messengers. Like Moses and Aaron, we need to persist. When others reject you or your faith, don't be surprised or discouraged. Continue to tell them about God, trusting him to open minds and soften stubborn hearts. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, also in the notes, I had Moses and Aaron took their message to Pharaoh just as God directed. The unhappy result was harder work and more oppression for the Hebrews. Sometimes hardship comes as a result of obeying God. Are you following God but still suffering or suffering even worse than before? If your life is miserable, don't assume you have fallen out of God's favor. You may be suffering for doing good in an evil world. Mm -hmm. 
and then moving on in chapter five, the the Israelite foreman tried to talk to the Pharaoh because of all this work. They're like, hey, you know, we can't keep up. But he was firm in his decision. And now the Israelite foreman were mad at Moses and Aaron. Yeah. Because, you know, they feel as though this was brought on to them. Um, did you have any notes for that part? I have one. Um, perhaps you have felt caught in the middle at work or in a relationship in your family or church. Complaining or turning on the leadership does not solve the problem. In the case of these supervisors, God had a larger purpose in mind, just as he might have in your situation. So rather than turning on the leadership when you feel pressured by both sides, turn to God to see what else he might be doing. So That's a great way to look yeah. at it. Sometimes you need to change your focus as to what might be going on. Uh, yeah, just go from there. Yeah. Yes. Um, now that's all I had. Did you have anything else or did you want to talk about anything else in this section? I do have one more note. Yeah. Um, we are encouraged to be happy when difficulties come our way. Problems develop our patience and character by teaching us to trust God to do what is best for us. Look for ways to honor God in our present situation. Remember that God will not abandon us and watch for God's plan for us. Mm. I just was thinking about what we're going through right now. And like God has given each one of us a gift. Mm -hmm. And if you have time on your hands, think of the gift you have. And maybe you can bless people in some way. Yeah. Think about what he would do, you know, and I don't know when you are focused on your problems and your issues, of course you're going to get down. Mm -hmm. But if you can take something and uh, focus on someone else, yours, you know what I mean? You can get out of your own mess. Yes. And bless someone. And that is a, that's a beautiful thing to, really to remember. You said that so well. Oh, I'm not sure I did. No, you, speaking. no you did. And, it is an important thing to remember because I think a lot of us feel so kind of isolated right now yeah. and, you know, so apart from the rest of the world. But there are things that you can do. Yeah. You can just, even a, even a text. Yeah. You know, and especially elderly people. Like, if you have young children, have them call an elderly per person and have them sing Jesus loves you, mm. you know, or have them say a verse to that. Do you, do you know how much elderly people love to hear little kids voices? Yeah. I mean, even I do. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, someone did that at our church to an elderly and she just couldn't get enough of that. Or, you know, on that same note, Oh, hi, Mr. Trash man. You know, on that same note, you know, your kids could even draw pictures yes. or you know, write a cute little letter or something to to whoever. Exactly. It doesn't even have to. It could be to a grandparent. It could be to a neighbor, to uh, to uh, like an old age home, oh. just to brighten someone's day. There are things that you can do yes. to get out of your head, to get out of your situation and kind of brighten someone else's day. Yes. Yes. And you want your kids to do that. Yeah. Yep. I know. I just, I, I just saw that. 
Um, I did have a couple things on Moses's character. Oh, good. So I thought I would just read that. Um, much of the time, Moses served as a buffer between God and the people. At one moment, he had to respond to God's anger at the people's stubbornness and forgetfulness. At another moment, he had to react to the people's bickering and complaining. At still another moment, he had to react to their unjustified attacks on his character. In Moses, we see an outstanding personality shaped by God, but we must not misunderstand what God did. He did not, charge, did not change who or what Moses was. He did not give Moses new abilities to make the new abilities and strengths. Instead, he took Moses' characteristics and molded them until they were suited to his purpose. Does knowing this make a difference in your understanding of God's purpose in your life? He is trying to take what he created in the first place and use it for his intended purposes. The next time you talk to God, don't ask, what should I change into? Instead, ask, how should I use my own abilities and strengths to do your will? So he doesn't want to change you. He made you just perfect. That Can you read that last part again? Do sure. you mind? Uh, Which part? Where it starts in Moses, we see an outstanding personality mm-hmm. shaped by God. But we must not misunderstand what God did. He did not change who or what Moses was. He did not give Moses new abilities and strengths. Instead, he took Moses' characteristics and molded them until they were suited to his purposes. Does knowing this make a difference in your understanding of God's purpose in your life? He is trying to take what he created in the first place and use it for his intended purposes. The next time you talk with God, don't ask, what should... I change into instead ask how should I use my own abilities and strengths to do your will oh that's great isn't it yes because I think people feel like oh my gosh if I become a Christian I'm gonna have to change so much about you may have to change some of your habits sure which probably deep down you don't want to have anyway Mm -hmm. but you're you Mm -hmm. like I'm a sassy girl (laughs) and so are you like we are who we are right and that's what God intended us to be. Yeah. He didn't intend you or I to be this little quiet mouse. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and we've we've kind of talked about it before where everyone has their own gifts. Exactly. And God doesn't want you to change those gifts. He's just going to he's going to mold it so you can use those gifts. Yes. I mean, honestly, exactly. Mm-hmm. We all have a gift to give. Mm-hmm. A, we're all a brick here, like if there's a wall. Yeah. You may be the brick, top brick, the bottom brick, the whatever. Yeah. But we, and we all make up the whole thing. Yeah. There we are. So, I don't know. I love Exodus. Oh, it's good. I know. You guys are going to love it. It's, yes. it's really, really good. Yes. Um, now, I'll... If you would like to visit our website, it is mybasicbiblestudy.com. If you'd like to email us, basicbiblestudy19 at gmail.com. And you can find that on the website. Uh, And then um, we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash mybasicbiblestudy. So if you want to come, check it out. And um, if you want to leave 
you know, a message or if you have a prayer request, even if you want it to be private, yes. you know, we have no problem. You just let us know. And then uh, for next time, we are going to be reading Exodus chapters 6 through 11. Wonderful. Yes, we're going to start getting into the plagues. Oh. And for anyone who's seen Ten Commandments, you remember <laughs> the plagues. Just remember, you're going to be seeing Charlton Heston a lot in your yes. mind. No kidding. <laughs> Uh, but this, is there anything else that you wanted to talk no, about? No, that's it. Just we'll be praying for all of them. Yes. Yes. Take mm-hmm. care of yourself. Take care of, of your loved ones. Take care of each other. And um, and we will catch you guys next time. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye.